welcome to the Early Educator Podcast, where we talk about everything that you need when it comes to growing your business, overcoming obstacles, and making an impact on not only the children in your care, but to your community and your family. My name is Blake, and with me today to my right, we have Philip, the president of Our Daily Bread. We also have Cinta, who is the executive director of Our Daily Bread CACFP. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Miss Ellie Cottrell, and she is with United Way of Greater Knoxville. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for joining us today. Really thank appreciate you. It. Thank yeah. you. It's an honor to be here. Oh, yeah. And so, guys, how are you guys doing? This is the first, the first episode of 2023. So pretty excited. Yeah. You guys doing good? Yes, yes, yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Glad you guys are that we're all here. And uh, 2023, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it feels good. I'm feeling, feeling good about this year. Mm-hmm. Feeling pretty good. I'm feeling very uh, driven, motivated. Want to do better each year, right? And so, yeah. Um, so like we said, we have Ellie with us here. And um, we just have, you know, a couple questions for her and, and think this is really something awesome she's a part of that we really think that the educators can really um, potentially benefit from and, and should know about. And so, um, yeah, if you don't mind, we should have a few questions for you. And so um, can you tell us about um, United Way of Greater Knoxville and just the, the history and the mission behind it? And, and um, yeah, so can you tell us about that? Yeah, great. Um, so I'm actually relatively new to the United Way um, myself. So mm-hmm. I've been there for about 18 months. But United Way has been around for 100 years. We just celebrated, um, I should say, United Way of Greater Knoxville. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we just celebrated our one-year anniversary on December 2nd. And oh, wow. um, we've had a really big year um, kind of leading up to that celebration and, and a really big year as an organization um, transitioning our role within the community. Um, historically, mm-hmm. you know, United Way um, kind of started out as a community chest, right? It's sort of a centralized place to uh, raise funds to support um, various nonprofit organizations um, tackling you know, mostly basic need um, type projects um, and and programs. And it's grown over the years um, and um, eventually kind of transitioned to a greater focus on education and health and financial stability for mm-hmm. families um, in, the, in the various communities that United Way is located. I mean, really, we're all over the world. <laughs> um, yes. But we have a new newer CEO, Matt Ryerson. He came on um, not quite three years ago. I think he's about two and a half years in. And he really started setting the ground for transformation for, for our United Way um, mm-hmm. and, and said, you know, it's time for us to transition into a modern United Way, you know, a hundred, a hundred year old modern United <laughs> yeah. Way. Yeah. And, uh, and we want to really start tackling, um, systemic change and, mm-hmm. and under, you know, we, we need to not just throw money at, at sol- helping solve problems. Um, money is important and it's important fuel. <laughs> um, but we also need to help um, our communities and our stakeholders better align with one another so that those dollars are stewarded in the highest and best use possible for the needs of our community. And to do that, we have to hear um, from people in our community. And people in our community have to have leadership and agency in the strategies and decisions that are being made on their behalf. 
mm-hmm. and that's what we need to to support. So um, it's been there's been a lot of change in the last uh, few years, and um, I'm I'm excited to be part of it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So how exactly does your organization uh, determine like which programs and which initiatives uh, that it wants to support and and um, what, are, what are, do you have any examples of some like recent ones that you have that you guys are particularly proud of? Sure. So um, historically, we've utilized a community needs assessment to really help us understand and prioritize, you know, what's going on in Knoxville, Knox County and the surrounding area mm-hmm. um, that needs the most attention and, and therefore, you know, financial support or capacity building support. Okay. Um so we're still we're still doing that, and um, but a few years ago um, they did a community assessment and they took a little bit of a d- different direction and and said what are the what are the top three areas that keep coming up to the top and those uh, it was early care and education, um, food security, and um, uh, affordable housing, and so um, the team the leadership team at United Way decided to invest in three systems. Um, those three systems areas and and bring on system leads um, to tackle um, effectively a collective impact process um, in each of those systems areas. So I was hired um, as the system lead for early care and education. We've got Kimberly Pettigrew over um, food security and uh, Yolanda, who is over um, affordable housing, and she came up through um, House Knox. So Within each of those areas, um, we are doing a much deeper dive than what United Way has done previously in, in terms of that community needs assessment. We're mm-hmm. really dr- drilling down into much deeper um, levels um, and effectively trying to map out what the asset, not only the needs are in mm-hmm. the communities, but what are the assets? What are the things that are really going well and yeah. need continued and ongoing support? Yeah. Um, what are those What are those needs? What are those goals that we're trying to accomplish, but we can't because we have, you know, some significant barrier in place, transactional, systemic, institutional, attitudinal, um, yeah. understanding what those barriers are. Um, and then pulling in our stakeholders, our um, the people that we're trying to impact, um, the practitioners that are supporting, et cetera, pulling those groups together and identifying what those solutions are mm. and prioritizing them. And mm-hmm. so we're all doing that in, in early care and education, food and housing. Um, and those recommendations are going to now drive um, a, a pretty significant aspect of how United Way applies um, the raised dollars. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you, it is exciting to see that uh, United Way, you take a, an organization, first of all, with they've always had great leadership, uh, for one, for two. I mean, you just mentioned 100 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's serious history. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just great to see them invest into this space. Because a lot of uh, the uh, child care educators that we serve, you know, that is always an issue. You know, do they have enough representation? Mm. Uh, and I just think the, the investment that United Way is making, you know, through the research and, and not just monetary investments, but just like you said, just to listen to the community. What are the needs, you know, mm-hmm. and what are your challenges? What are your 
you know, what are your uh, wins? What are your, you know, and, and, and your challenges as well. So I think those things are great to see uh, from an organization like United Way that they mm -hmm. really have, are vested, invested in the uh, community in this space. So mm -hmm. this yeah. is, uh, you know, obviously this is the space where we thrive and work, uh, mm -hmm. but it is just, it's great to see. It mm -hmm. is. Yeah. It is. Um, so are you finding, though, in this, I guess, different way you're coming up mm -hmm. with doing uh, problem solving, mm -hmm. I guess it is. Yeah. Are you coming, are you having um, different partners or new partners mm -hmm. in working with and doing this? And I guess my other question is in the creative problem solving way that you are, are you coming up with different partners? New partners yeah, I think this? so. Um, I know for for just the, the early care and education system um, in the last 18 months, mm -hmm. we've um, we've had interactions with over 500 individuals, um, uh, over 90 different organizations and representatives. And, and I would say, you know, leadership, decision making, decision makers, power brokers at every level um all the way from federal all the way down to you know um parent caregivers you know child care administrators you know all the way up and down that system um that's very intentionally trying mm -hmm. um to interact at all levels so um i would say in the last two years united way has really grown um our interactions, particularly with like grassroots organizations, mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm trying to think. There's there's one particular um, uh, fund. It's a community solutions fund that um, that we have, and I think you know a couple of years ago we had maybe seven organizations, you know, that were were listed. Mm -hmm. um, they were all grassroots. The intention of that fund is is more grassroots oriented, and um, we're now like over forty. You know, so that, I mean, that's pretty significant uh, growth yeah. in building trust and 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 deepening those relationships. Um, so, yes, we're definitely we're meeting with with new organizations, but I think more importantly, we're setting up um, we're setting up a process to build trust with them longer term. Um, a good chunk of the work that we are all three systems areas are focused on is coalition building um, and you know how do we how do we continuously communicate um, with with these organizations and and these stakeholders and keep everybody focused on a shared agenda um, and a shared sense of how we measure accomplishments and mm -hmm. um, toward that agenda um, and so that is helping us develop those new relationships as well. Um, I, I think another piece that is is driving value in terms of what United Way brings um, to our communities is we're pretty neutral. You know, United Way is neutral politically, um, and um, that's pretty meaningful right now in Knoxville, mm. Knox County. <laughs> yeah. um, and and so we are able to facilitate and just convene people together in a neutral mm -hmm. way, you know, um, and say, hey, there's this opportunity or, you know, there's this strategy we think is, you know, that we think is going to help and dri help drive a lot of change that's needed, right? Mm -hmm. We've 
We've asked everybody up and down the system um, if they think this is going to work. They think it's going to work. And so now let's put that plan in place. And I'm going to pull this organization together, this organization, this organization. Let's do this all together collaboratively. And United Way can do that neutrally um, and also then potentially seek external funding, right? We can go out from outside Knoxville, Knox County and try and divide, you know, drive more diverse revenues into the area mm -hmm. to help um, drive that change. We, um, we were able to do that with a, a tutoring program. As an example, we brought in four and a half million dollars to provide high dosage, low ratio tutoring. And we pulled YMCA together, Boys and Girls Clubs together, um, our foundation, our school system together, and some other um, not um, after school organizations um, together. Uh, we wrote the grant, we brought the money in out from outside of the area. Um, it all goes to those partners, right? Mm -hmm. um, but individually, any one of those organizations wouldn't have been able to apply for that. They wouldn't have been able to bring in that funding on their own. But us pulling everybody together, we were able to do that. So that's just a, that's a very small example, but hopefully something we can keep building on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I think it's deal. pretty significant. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, that's not. Yeah, that's not. That's nothing small at all about that. that well, I don't feel it's like lot. super yeah. small, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> when I think about the broader system yeah. change yeah. that we're yeah. trying to yeah. um, support, it's small. Yeah, but yeah. a great start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's community. That's yeah, relationship absolutely. building. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's all of that together. Mm -hmm. You know, and that that's a big deal because. You take, I mean, that takes time, I know, but that's right. the start of something huge. So that mm -hmm. is a big deal. Well, I'm sure as a, as nonprofit leaders, right, this nonprofit, mm -hmm. um, often you can get really caught up in the doing, right? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to that's carve right. out time for the vision casting, um, for the research and the innovate, you know, that space for innovative thinking mm -hmm. and collaboration. It is. Right? It really is. Um, and so to have a United Way come in alongside of you and say, hey, let us help you with that and let us act as a backbone support um, that's going to connect you to this organization and this organization and this organization. Let us carry some of that weight for you um, and carve out some of that space for you. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, it's about community, mm -hmm. us all working together, you know, especially for the common goal of the children. Uh, yes. Know? And mm -hmm. that's that's huge. Yes, so, yeah. absolutely. That's a big help. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, let me ask you this. How has the organization adapted to like the challenges that COVID-19 brought? Um, and kind of what initiatives have you guys implemented to support um, those affected by the crisis? I, I would say COVID, um, the impact of COVID and the magnifying glass that it placed on um, systemic inequities um, mm. is 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 really kind of that spark that led this change um, for the organization to want to shift its focus um, and and really start to take a much deeper dive into the systems level um, aspects of, of of solving problems. Um, you know, United Way was uniquely positioned, again, um, to help distribute um, crisis funding during during COVID. 
an organization I, I previously worked with was one of the recipients of some of that crisis funding, and it allowed us to um, change from a children's museum to a, a child care provider, a, a learning pod, you know, safe um, child care provider, um, you know, within a matter of a few weeks. <laughs> wow. And um, as an example, and, and so I think, I think United Way started hearing from nonprofit leaders um, in, in and around Knox County, like, hey, that was really incredible. You know, the fact that we didn't, we didn't, there were a lot of restrictions or, you know, red tape, bureaucracy, things that were kind of, they, they cleared the path for, um, for those of us that were really kind of stepping into the fold and trying to drive an innovative solution to, in, in crisis response. Mm-hmm. So I think there was there were lessons learned from that, um, and and certainly in the three areas of focus, um, we see long term impact from COVID, um, and we're trying to address that. I mean, we we yeah. really are. I mean, unfortunately, in Knox County, we have, you know, poverty is is. Our poverty levels is is the great the great divide, right? Mm-hmm. And you know um, we have forty percent of our county that are cons- they're considered economically disadvantaged. So they're at two hundred percent federal poverty level or below. Mm-hmm. And when we start to look um, if at the black community versus the white community, the disparity in median household income is significant. It's one of the largest gaps in the state of Tennessee, actually. There's about 113% difference in black median household income in Knox County and white median household income. When you look at something, just just that one point, just that one data point, but you look at the impact that that data point has across all of those systems and how COVID just added rocket fuel to those disparities, we have a lot of work to do that, you know, COVID just highlighted, but they were well in place for the last hundred years. Mm. Um, You know, the impact of redlining um, on Knoxville, the impact of urban removal, um, particularly um, on black communities in our area, you know, that's been around, those crises have been in place for years. Um, unfortunately, COVID just <clears throat> amplified it. Um, the positive side of that is we, we're starting to have some more constructive conversations around mm-hmm. it and recognizing, okay, we can't just turn away from, from this truth anymore. We have to take it head on and address it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I know a lot of our child care educators, they really struggled with it, uh, with, you know, you know, a lot of the parents. Uh, it did expose a lot of things as yeah. far as the workforce. Yes. Uh, who was actually essential, you know, who could afford to uh, miss work, uh, who could work from home, you know, who you know, was essential and, and that type of thing. And, and I think, too, an, another thing that was exposed was the uh, how essential child care workers really are. Right. Because a lot of times they're so undervalued. Um, I think this really, you know, shined a light on the value of our child care educators. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of us was able to, you know, go in, uh, shut down, and work from home. Um, and we had, a lot of us had that luxury or 
you know, maybe social distance in an office. Uh, but child care educators said, hey, bring your children, mm-hmm. bring your babies. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, and they really took that head on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in times of uncertainty, there was times when uh, uh, there was no vaccine in sight. Right. Uh, there was times when, uh, you know, people were deathly ill and mm-hmm. obviously a lot of people dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the child care educator said, I'm still here. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, I'm essential. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And so we yeah. were very proud of that. And, yeah. And uh, and we're very proud of the educators that we serve because yeah. they were the ones. They're the heroes. They mm-hmm. stood up. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And some of them did. And some of them mm-hmm. stayed open with no income. Right. And just barely made it barely were able to stay open but still were mm-hmm. there like you said 100 percent, taking care of our children because they put the kids first exactly mm-hmm. because yeah. children yeah. are first yeah and so yeah it was a very very difficult and very tough time but they they still were there and, and we're still, still seeing essential. repercussions my apologies yeah. but yeah we're still yeah. seeing the repercussions mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Um, those that closed because they had to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously we're still very much in crisis level um, in the child care industry in particular from a workforce standpoint. Um, and, you know, that's not going to change until we have some pretty significant policy and legislative changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can't have our child care, our early care and education workforce earning the lowest five to 10% of wages in the, in the U S it makes no sense. No. I mean, Mm-mm. not even from yeah. like a feel, I mean, obviously from a feel good place, that doesn't make sense. These are our babies. These are our kids. Like we want the best for them. But when, if you can start tackling it from a brain science perspective, you can tackle it from an economic impact perspective the the most powerful dollar we can invest is in early childhood. We get a 13 to 1 return on investment um, for those kiddos that are economically disadvantaged, right? It's 7 to 1 just average. 7 to 1. It's the highest return on investment you will have um, on any program trying to impact the human brain, mm-hmm. right? And that just goes down over time. Mm-hmm. That return on investment goes down barely 1 to 1 even when we get to high school, Right. And yet where all where are so much of our dollars going? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, if you yeah. if if there was an alien that came on yeah. on the planet Earth and yes. looked at U.S. policy, where we spend our money. Mm-hmm. What would they say we care most about? Mm. I would say stuff, <laughs> entertainment right? stuff. I mean, I mean, I mean it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so true. I mean, that's, our, what, and that's our, most prized possession. our most prized most possession. Most prized possession. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should yeah. be where I first mm-hmm. am willing to invest my money, my dollars, right. and my child. It, it, it mm-hmm. really, truly is. I mean, it is. Yeah. I know when our children were in child care, that was, I mean, it was near and dear to us. Yeah. But it was near and dear to Santa because she was like, we're paying that first. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, first fruits. that's first fruits of our labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going for their care. Yeah. We want to make sure that, you know, if if we are bi- ever behind on mm-hmm. anything, it's going to be something else, but right. it won't be child care. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I love that approach because, like Santa said, it should be 
well, we say it's our most near and dear possession, mm-hmm. most prized possession. So, and it's our future. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is our future, our future. Yeah. and um, you know, the investments we're making in early childhood is setting the tone for how that child becomes a parent, mm-hmm. and you know how they become a leader in their community, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a multi generational investment mm-hmm. for sure. Um, we are just having the wrong conversation. Mm-hmm. We're having the wrong conversations, yes. certainly in Knox County. Um, we're having the wrong conversations at the state level, at the at the federal level. Um, again, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, we are, and and that's a lot of the work that that we're focused on is is trying to drive different conversations. And um, there's a lot of policy and advocacy. <laughs> Um, and, and education work happening um, from United Way in, in these in these topic areas. Um, mm. The workforce piece is critical. Um, we've been working on a three-year um, action plan. It's called a Bright Steps Action Plan. Um, we've had technical assistance and support with Tennesseans for Quality Early Education. We're one of six communities across the state of Tennessee um, that are rolling out these three-year action plans around early care and education. We're focused on three key um, early childhood domains, um, health, mental health, and development on track beginning at birth, um, supported and supportive parents and uh, parents, caregivers, and communities, um, and high-quality early education environments for children zero through five outside the home. So those are kind of like the three high-level focus areas um, each community, each, you know, each community across uh, the state is going to have their own way in how they kind of tackle those domains. Um, mm-hmm. In Knox County, again, we've, we're wrapping up an 18-month planning process, and um, we uh, have about seven key priorities um, that have uh, strategies that have been prioritized um, that we're focused on. A lot of the focused work is around workforce development and um, increasing capacity of high-quality um, child care spots in Knox County. Um, we're focused on trying to strengthen that transition from pre-K to kindergarten um, and um, helping identify um, developmental needs, you know, more consistently uh, um, mm. for every kindergartner going into Knox County schools um, before they before they transition into that K through 12 system. Mm-hmm. Um, we're focused on increasing capacity for family-centered mental health um, um, and also for early intervention as well. There's some of the, some of the key points that are, are going to be a focus for us for the next um, three years. Embedded in all of those is advocacy and education. And, and again, mm-hmm. we're just trying to create shared language um, create a shared sense of commitment and understanding uh, just how critical um, early childhood wow. is um, mm. for, for all of us. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So you say increasing capacity of high-quality child care. Mm-hmm. What, is, where, what is your main focus there? Oh, well, we don't have a... Um, when when you say like in terms of like the type the provider type or do you mean like 
my focus or our focus in quality. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Are you working with child care centers? Are you pouring your funding into the child care centers in what way? So it'll be multifaceted. So um, I think some of the initiatives will be um, more geared towards the you know existing providers and strengthening them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that will look like advocacy efforts and driving wages, you know, trying to, you know, work on things to increase wages consistently. Um, and also, um, you know, kind of going back to the, like the child care tax credit, um, mm-hmm. you know, realm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also looking like strengthening curriculum and mm-hmm. understanding of quality programs like Our Daily Bread, you know, how they come in, how they are a critical part of what creates a high quality Mm-hmm. early care and education environment um, for kiddos um, and their families, right? Because a big piece mm-hmm. of that is how we uh, interact with our, our, our families and communities around what's happening in the life of that child and mm-hmm. bring them alongside of what's needed developmentally. Um, so we are making recommendations um, for different funds that would go in to support those efforts. Um, we're also looking at... Um, strategies to increase just the number of seats and and the capacity. And one of the things that we're looking at is place-based child care. Um, So um, pulling together, you know, a child care provider um, and helping them set up classrooms at, you know, business sites, church sites, um, school sites. um, And we're going to be uh, piloting um, that here in this next year. It's called a microcenter network um, with YMCA, um, and we are um, going into um, Hillcrest Healthcare Senior Services um, provider. There are three different classrooms um, that we'll be rolling out there. We're going into a Knox County Elementary School and um, Pellissippi State, Hardin Valley Campus, and we're having other conversations um, about uh, you know, other classrooms that we would put in and around Knox, Knox County. Um, hopefully, you know, just that pilot alone will help, help us add about 180 spots over the next few years. So um, that's good. We need a lot more than that. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, one thing I'm excited about with Pellissippi is that we're working on, um, again, that workforce development piece. How can we strengthen um, the attractiveness of pulling um, students into early care and education as a career. And, um, and so we're working together to um, kind of align that their practicum needs um, t- to the child care centers um, and putting in some incentives and, you know, things like that in place to help, again, get, get more, more people excited about going into that field long term. Yeah, that seems to be one of the major pain points Mm -hmm. uh, with our educators, uh, you know, just getting staff, uh, you know, or, you know, not even full staff. I mean, just at an adequate number to function, to function, you know, at somewhat of a break even slightly profit level. You know, it's uh, it's one of the biggest challenges that that they're having right now, just staffing. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so now the site that you guys will be opening, I'm sure you guys will be working closely with uh, uh, Tennessee Child Care Licensing. Mm -hmm. So there, there'll be some. Uh, it's, a, it's a slow process yeah, at the right. moment. <laughs> yeah, they're a very good organization to work with. Uh, um, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, we've got, this is one of those um, opportunities um, for advoca advocacy at the state mm. level, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have enough. Um, I forget what their actual title is, but you know, the coordinators that are uh, um, responsible for the pre-licensure process, we've got only one representative for everything east of Nashville. So, you know, right now in a pilot, right, we're trying to get, I mean, it's basically five different licenses and, you know, we, we're in it several months in, we think it's going to be about eight months before the, you know, we're done with the pre-licensure process. So that's something that has to improve, right? Mm -hmm. If we can find a, um, an individual that wants to go into this and, and, and wants to um, open a small business and, you know, I look at it as very entrepreneurial and, and, and the, you know, your small business owners um, and um, small business owners are the lifeblood of, of mm -hmm. our economy mm -hmm. <laughs> and we should be investing in child care providers in that way and thinking of them at, in that way um and so it's just not okay that we don't have that it takes that long i had a um a conversation with somebody that's trying to open up a child care center i will have about 75 seats um in northwest knoxville and she's over two years in and still not open mm. wow so <clears throat> heart's there, you know, the vision, the mm -hmm. passion, the tenacity is there. Um, there's just a lot of barriers um, and it's going to take systems work, you know, not just in Knox County, but our partnership across the state and with TQEE and others to tackle some of those broader um, barriers. So it's it's going to take time. We've mm -hmm. taken a long time to get into this mess. It's going to take us <laughs> take us a minute. You know, one one interesting um, statistic that I at some point pulled up, and I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but in like 1960 ish, 68, uh, only 12% of households had both um, both you know adults working outside of the home, right? That mm -hmm. number now is in that 68 to 72%, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's a really short period of time mm -hmm. for an entire industry to be developed and change. And it's been a very female-driven industry, very mm -hmm. low-wage earning industry, um, and it has not had the right you know, focus and advocacy um, I think placed on it and we we've got to change that for it to work for our families you know we and for our, more importantly for our kiddos yeah. got a lot of work to do mm -hmm. a lot of work to do mm -hmm. well are there any other um, plans or goals that you guys have that that you wanted to mention or anything you want to mention yeah, so um, the, so the Bright Steps Action Plan, we are going to have our official release event 
um, on February 28th, and I would love for you all to be there, so I'll send you an invitation for that. Um, And we would love for um, several of our early educators to be there, too, If um, and and we are offering um, some stipends for those that that want to join us, um, but it would be otherwise a financial hardship on them to be able to join us. Um, so we are, we're going to try and kick it off in a big way, you know, and again, again, highlight what are the needs of in early care and education in Knoxville, Knox County? Um, what are some of the things that we're, we're trying to work on and, um, some ways start the conversation on and some, in some ways really start moving the needle on. Um, we are going to have a childcare, um, focused um, symposium, kind of, you know, we'll have the launch um, and release, and then we'll transition it into a child care symposium, mainly a discussion um, of um, the the latest uh, child care task force report from the state of Tennessee and um, the Tennesseans for Quality Early Education um, child care um, release as well, their report. Uh, we're going to dig into that and show what it looks like here in Knox County. And again, um, what the Bright Steps Action Plan is is doing about it. Um, yeah. That will be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, Philip, do you guys have anything that you guys wanted to mention or ask or anything? Uh, well, no. Uh, well, yeah. Oh. I was going to ask. Like, what role, uh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, some of the existing child care educators, they're mm-hmm. mainly sole proprietorships. Mm-hmm around town and uh, uh you know we've I mean, it's just like anything else if you know this is my business this you know i've you know uh, you know uh, what role will united way would they are they coming alongside this educator some are you know a little worried about well they're gonna build these large sites and oh, they're yeah. going to maybe you know would, would i lose business right you know what? What message do you have for uh, that educator, like the local yeah. educator? So it would be a major mistake for United Way or any other organization to come in and say that, um, you know, large scale childcare centers are the solution. Um, that's not the right solution for every family, um, and so um, I think one of the one of the recommendations that we have in the plan actually is to create a a family. Um, a family provider shared services network where we we can kind of centralize some back office supports um, and and resources and in group you know maybe fifteen to twenty family care providers together um, where maybe they share um, you know HR accounting purchasing um, you know. S- on a much smaller scale, like recognizing mm-hmm. that the small business need, you still mm-hmm. have all those things, but it doesn't make sense to hire a full-time person. Um, or, and really who has the time to even develop, you know, individual contractor relationships and, and things like that. But it, if there are some services that we can come alongside and centralize um, to benefit our family care providers, to help strengthen the, the business side of things for them, um, while also pulling their operating costs down and um, and helping them just feel supported. Um, that's something we really are interested in doing. Um, we are also having conversations about approaching 
childcare from the a standpoint of an entrepreneurial mindset and training program. So I've had some initial conversations with Knox Area Urban League and their co-starters program. And, you know, could we potentially have um, a family care provider co-starters program as an example? So that would, you know, kind of provide some um, business training on the front end and, de- and development and potentially some startup type of funds um, to incentivize folks to get into the family care business. Um, as an example, Knox, um, Knox Entrepreneurial Center has a similar program as well that we've taken a look at. Um, and the other thing I think is really critical for us to address, and this is any child care provider, it doesn't matter which setting, is the mental health um, and healing that needs to happen, right? Um, we've all gone through a very... Um, tumultuous period of time and we have several communities that have been going through a tumultuous and and difficult time for many many years and we have to recognize the trauma that's happened um and and honor and and create spaces for healing um and so that's something that often gets dismissed when we're talking about our early care uh, and education professionals, our teachers, our service, you know, our broader service providers is, gosh, you know, where's, where's the space for them to recognize, like, what's happening in their own lives and in an early care and education profession that translates into how we care for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to, off- yeah. we have to create those opportunities yeah. for healing. Because we haven't allowed that space for self-care. Right. And yeah, it also. Absolutely does um, I, yeah. reflect onto our kids and kind of um, a network networking community for child care providers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see it. I get it. Um, but also, I think that's a piece that just like our in our space as, as a sponsoring mm-hmm. organization, it kind of I'm not sure if it happens a lot of times in the child care community is when they when they come together. Mm-hmm. And network together and share information, um, not just share information about childcare, share information about children, share information about right. parents, just mm-hmm. that whole, just the whole that yeah. space. So, I mean, I, I see that as something that's much needed, especially for all that information, but also the huge piece, too, is that self-care. Even mm-hmm. in this space, as our, you know, our st- with our staff, you know, but that self-care is so important and so dismissed mm-hmm. because we have a whole two years that our children missed mm-hmm. of not going to school. So what happens to those two years that our children, well, they were educated, um, but it was behind the screen. Yeah. So they didn't have that. Not, not the same. Uh, no, <laughs> they didn't have that personal <laughs> yeah. interaction. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that we need to yeah. really into consideration for sure mm-hmm. and it, you know the knoxville association for child care and early education casey um you know they've been doing a great job i think um they've been growing in, in this convening of child care providers and providing professional development opportunities and conferences mm-hmm. um, we've been a mm-hmm. part of that um and i've been really impressed with some of the conversations that they're broaching you know in mm-hmm. those in those sessions it's it's great and you know, hopefully we're going to see more of that you know, where we have an organization that 
is is doing the work. You know, United Way isn't coming in and trying to replace any of that. Um, that's a part of that system mapping and understanding what our assets and needs are is, you know, we don't want to get in the way of anybody or replace or duplicate anything. We want to come alongside those organizations that are doing the work. And if it's an asset to the community, how can I strengthen what you're doing? So like that coalition building, that professional development, you know, in that situation, we're going to come alongside like a Casey and help them do what they're doing just at an even bigger scale. Um, and I would say it's the same for those those um, child care providers. Um, we are actively looking at ways to support and not harm with unintended consequences of our decisions. And, and you know, we certainly understand, you know, they are they they had the passion behind starting mm -hmm. that business. Yeah. And it's likewise, you know, like with our agency, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, that we started and and from the inception built and mm -hmm. you know then you have a tendency to just want to bottle it up and hold on to it and not get others involved but mm -hmm. uh, like once we open ourselves up to partnerships and uh, other agencies uh, other uh, nonprofit for-profit agencies I mean we could do so much more mm -hmm. uh, for the people that we serve and it just opened up so many doors once we you know once we opened up and said, hey, we're here. Yeah, this is who we are and what we have. How can we come alongside mm. you? And, um, and I love that about United Way. I think uh, it's going to be great for educators. I know it can be a little scary for some mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, but because this is what they've always done. Right. And it's been mine. And, you know, I don't want anybody else to, you know, to, to get involved. But... I think it's great. I think it's much needed. Our educators need that support. I mean, we're just so much stronger together. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're definitely looking forward to uh, to what's to come. Thank you. Know, you. Uh, mm -hmm. We want to support people the way they want to be supported. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the big thing. Uh, and it takes, it's going to take a lot more listening and understanding mm -hmm. to really get to the heart of that. So it's a process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, awesome, Ellie. Thank you so much for being here with yeah, us. Thank is you. there um, like a email or anything number that anybody sure. can reach you or or uh, United Way? Yeah, absolutely. So my email is Kittrell E at UnitedWayKnox.org. K I T T R E L L E at UnitedWayKnox.org. Awesome. Well, there you go, yep. people. There you go. Um, you guys have anything else you want to say? Mention? Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching this episode. We have more planned to come. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited for this year. And again, thank you so much for being here. Um, you guys have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.